0: Our reading of the Gospel today comes from Mark, another familiar story. It is Mark 1, beginning in the 29th verse. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go to the neighboring towns so that I am a May proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came to do. And he went throughout Galilee proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons the word of God for the people of God. Be to God. <clears throat> you know, there's a um, story that circulates among pastors and clergy. That goes on to say that one Sunday, in a small group after church, a pastor asked uh, several of his congregation members what they loved most about the church service and worship service. And one said, well, it's just the hymns. When we sing those hymns, that is my favorite part of church. And a lady said, Well, it's the liturgy. And he said, Oh, you mean the sermon? And she said, No, no, the liturgy. And he, Okay, she goes, That's what I really love about church. And then he asked this man standing there, He said, Well, what do you like about the church service? And he said, I just love the prelude. The pastor looked so stunned. He said, what do you mean the prelude? I mean, to him, church hadn't even started then. He said, I come in, I sit down on the pew, and the prelude starts, and that's the only time during the week that I'm just still, that I'm just being in the presence of God. The pastor was a little stunned, but that is so true for many of us. And in our gospel today, we find that Jesus is busy. He lived a busy ministry. He was always healing, preaching, telling stories. He traveled a lot, but yet in the midst of this busyness, he finds time, he made time to be solitary in a place of prayer. A quiet time to be alone with the Father. Most of us really do feel that um, we need to be busy to be doing something all of the time. It's just kind of our nature. And for some reason, prayer is just not busy enough for us just not busy stuff. It's not active. It's not interactive. It's not like that video game. We are a society in which being busy equates to feeling worthwhile. Oh, she's so busy. I'm so busy. The last, to be honest with you, at the last SPPRC meeting, we discussed this, I had to uh, spank my own hand for not taking the time I need. I get in trouble with it all the time. And Greg said, "No, well, when are you taking some time off? And I said, well, I don't know. <laughs> so, I'm writing this to myself. A lot of times, my sermons, really, y'all think they're for y'all. I'm writing them to me, saying, Beth, take note. Take note of what you're preaching. And even with all of this technology that we have, we even have vacuum cleaners that you don't even have to be at home to vacuum. What are we doing with all of this time that it's supposed to be giving us? We don't store it up, do we? We find something else to be busy with, to take up our time so that we can feel like we're doing something in this world. It could be quite simply that many people have a fear of being quiet. That it's something in us that compels us to just be busy, to have something going on. Maybe it's the flesh of our soul that is fearful for what might really happen if we're just still, one-on-one with God. I'm convinced that there are many of us that call ourselves followers of Christ that have lost the ability to be quiet, to truly be spiritual, to be really still before the Lord. The scriptures state this as a commandment. You heard it in our song. To all believers, be still. Be still and know that I am God and wait patiently. This is not a suggestion. It is a command. Mark tells us that Jesus was too busy. In fact, many believe that Mark's gospel is the most compatible with the century that we are living in now. Mark gives us the impression that everybody was busy and they probably were back then. I mean, they had to plant, they had to harvest, they had to make everything they had, they had to go and get water. They were busy people. Everybody was in a hurry. Mark's Gospel, I chose the reading in Mark's Gospel because it is the shortest of the synoptic Gospels. But within this Gospel, Mark uses the word immediately over 50 times. Immediately does have a sense of urgency, like they're getting up and moving quickly, doesn't it? Immediately Even in his life, Jesus made it a priority to be in the presence of his Father, to be in prayer with his Father. You heard it. It says, in the morning while everybody was still asleep and it was still dark, what did Jesus do? He went off by himself. This is not the first time you hear this in the Gospels. He does this often. He went off to a solitary place and he prayed. In the midst of his meaningful ministry, he retreats alone, solitary, to be in prayer, to be in communion with his Father. It is a necessity. Being still, finding a quiet time is God's will for our lives. We have to slow down what we're doing and be with him. It's vital. It is vital. There is, um, it's vital for our souls. It's an important principle that God made a command. I mean, he gave us a command the Sabbath day. It's on his top 10 list, for heaven's sakes. We forget about those top 10, don't we? Be still. But what are you supposed to do in that Sabbath? He says, seek me. Worship me and seek time with me. There was a British explorer over a hundred years or so ago when they were exploring Africa. And he was trekking deep into the jungles. And so he hired these natives to carry the equipment and the supplies because they were so familiar with traveling in that brush and jungle and in those conditions. And the first day they set out, they went really, really a long way. He thought, oh, man, we're going to make our destination sooner than I thought. So the next morning, he got up and said, let's go. The leader said, no, no, we're not going just yet. He said, what do you mean we're not going now? He said, well, we're waiting for our souls to catch up with our bodies," And that is so true, isn't it? Sometimes our lives are moving so fast that we just have to slow down and let our souls catch up with us. And we do that when we retreat in our solitary time in prayer and meditation and being still with our Father. Jesus is our best example. You know, prayer is not just giving God a list of things to do, of what we want from Him. It's much more. You know this. But most importantly, know it is a relationship with God. It is a communion with God Himself. It's time with Him. I am not familiar with this author, but I learned this from one of my um, professors in a theology class that I took not too long ago. There is a science fiction writer, because I really don't read science fiction, but there is a science fiction writer who is also a very well-known and scholar theologian, and my instructor went on to tell us that In a page or two of every book that he writes, he purposely puts a subplot. And that subplot usually will always carries a very profound spiritual insight. And in one of his books, people from Earth are meeting aliens for the very first time. It's their first encounter with aliens. And so the scientists from the Earth are surprised to learn that these aliens actually believe in God. Not only do they believe in God, but they spend eight hours a day in prayer. So the scientist has to ask them, he says, what what, what are you asking for that takes eight hours a day? The alien replied back, well what does prayer have to do with asking. Robert Sawyer is certainly making a spiritual insight in that subplot. So many, even followers of Christ, think that prayer is a to-do list. Even thanking him is part of the to-do list. It's a time with God. It's spending time in His presence. It may involve asking for things. It certainly should involve giving praise and glory and thanks to Him. But it simply should be being in His presence, being still and knowing that he is God. Have you ever spent time with someone that you really love? Just being still. Just walking on a beach. Sitting on a porch swing, holding their hand. Rocking a child to sleep. You never have to say a word. My mom and dad tell this story but my mom does they've been married over 70 years, that they drove from Houston to Brownsville, Texas without ever saying anything. She said, "I, I didn't know it was possible. She said, but we didn't need to say anything. How many of us could have done that? I know I couldn't have but it's just being still and having that relationship where you can stay still and be still and just be with Him. You know, Mother Teresa, I think, says it best in an observation that she says, God rarely is found in the hectic moments of our life, amidst the noise and the restlessness. Instead, he is a friend of silence. A friend of silence. Slowing down our lives. Being still is good for our souls. It's good for our relationships. It's good for our relationship with God. But there's another part, another attribute of prayer that I want to talk about this morning before I close, in that prayer leads to action. Prayer always leads to action. The word, Amen, is really much like a director of a movie who has everybody standing out there, and he yells, action. And that's when everybody gets to doing their part. That's much like for us. You know, many treat um, amen as a valediction, which is a word we borrowed from the Latin language that actually means to bid farewell. We say our prayers, we did it today. We say our prayers, then we do amen. Amen. We're done. But Paul says, no, no, pray without ceasing. What he's telling us is prayer should be an attitude, a frame of mind that permeates our every being, our every being in life. Every minute throughout our day, it should just be a part of us. He is, Paul is actually telling us that it is a constant attitude. Prayer. Constant. Amen is actually a proclamation of an agreement. It actually means, so be it. It does not mean goodbye, see you later. Thanks for the talk. I'll catch you tomorrow when I get up. It's not what amen means, so be it. Our amen is actually an affirmation leading us to do something. Amen is a signal to action Jesus goes off to a solitary place to pray. And after his time of prayer with the Father, he gets up and he says, it's time for action. You hear him say it. Let us go now, I have work to do. I am off to proclaim the word. I'm here to do what I was sent to do. A call to action. Amen is a call to action from the creator, that director of the great universe, our creator. You cannot casually just say, Amen. When you, this is one reason we kind of, up until this Sunday, we didn't really have. There was a purpose while we were leaving our prayer concerns blank for a while. When you ask for prayer, when you put on there, we need to pray for this person, we need to pray for that person, we need to pray for the sick, we need to pray for the poor, we need to pray for those who are struggling. You pray relying on the knowledge of, God's going to do something. And He is. Or do you pray for those on our prayer list by name, which I hope you do, that God's going to use you, that you may be the true instrument that he's going to work to the good of these people, that he's going to use you in these prayers? so be it. When you go to a solitary place to be with God, to be in prayer with God, to let your souls catch up with your body, let your amen be a call to action, so be it. When you come to the altar rail today, Come, lay out on your heart what you need to before God, but spend some time in stillness with Him. He's here with us, waiting on you. And all God's people said, Amen.